Blog Talk Radio. But we are making a stand and we're waking everybody up that 9-11 was an inside job. And you are the minority. You are the cowards who don't know the truth. You're the people that serve this evil system. You're the people that serve a system that hurts innocent men, women, and children. Not just Iraqis, not just Afghans, not just Africans, but the people right here in this nation. You serve a new world order that attacks and feeds on you. And I'm here to tell you that you will be defeated. Your hours are numbered. We've got the energy. We've got the life force. All you've got is evil backing you up. All you've got is greed and liking to look at yourself in the mirror. Because deep down, the New World Order is a pot-bellied, chicken-neck ninny. And all the armor and all the weapons are nothing. You are nothing compared to good. You are nothing compared to life. And you will be defeated. I want the individuals out there, I want free humanity to turn themselves loose, to cut the chains loose, and to use the end of that chain to slap the new world order right upside the head. You've got the power. You want to know who can defeat the new world order? It is you. You're the individuals that are going to be able to defeat this system. You're the individuals that are going to be able to take down the New World Order. It doesn't matter if Ron Paul wins. It doesn't matter if they rig the election. What matters is, is that we're starting to stand up. We're starting to move. We're starting to find our legs. We're starting to build our muscle. We're starting to realize that we do have power, and we can work together, and we can take action, and that the naysayers are a pack of weak liars who have never had any successes in their life and who are upset and frustrated to see us beginning to have victories against tyranny. They don't have any respect for themselves. They don't have any vision. And they don't have any will. And they sure don't have any of the power that shines out of God's soul and energizes all life in the universe. They have wed themselves to death. And they will crumble, and they will fall, and for eternity we wed ourselves to life, and to everything good, and everything that flows from... This is our land. These are our people. The workers the strivers, the builders. These are our people. Who are they? They are the dark armies, the dark murdering armies whose only honor. All you ever hear about in this country is our differences. That's all the media and the politicians are ever talking about, the things that separate us, things that make us different from one another. That's the way the ruling class operates in any society. They try to divide the rest of the people. They keep the lower and the middle classes fighting with each other so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. Fairly simple thing happens to work. 
you know anything different, that's what they're going to talk about. Race, religion, ethnic and national background, jobs, income, education, social status, sexuality, anything you can do, keep us fighting with each other so that they can keep going to the bank. You know how I describe the economic and social classes in this country? The upper class keeps all of the money, pays none of the taxes. The middle class pays all of the taxes, does all of the work. The poor are there just to scare the shit out of the middle class. Keep them showing up at those jobs. They're all the same. I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. It's provable. A handful, very small elite run and own these corporations, which include the mainstream media. I have this feeling who's ever elected president, like Clinton was, no matter what the promises you promise on the campaign trail, blah, blah, blah. When you win, you go into this smoky room with the 12 industrialists, capitalist scumfucks who got you in there, and you're in this smoky room in this little... Uh, uh, film uh, screen comes down and a big guy in a cigar rolled a film and it's a shot of the Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before <laughs> that looks suspiciously off uh, the grassy knoll and then the film the screen goes up and the lights come up and they go to the new president any questions? <laughs> uh, just what my agenda is First we bomb Baghdad. You got it. All right, Joseph Gibson podcasting here. I understand the times which live today. I guess they don't have their verdict yet, so uh, nobody gets to raid a Dollar Tree tonight or burn down a Dollar General. So we just got to wait for the verdict before uh, that happens. And, and isn't that what this trial really started with? People burning down their their city. And uh, this kid is uh, was out there defending his friend's business, and uh, they attacked him. And uh, you know he just uh, you know defended himself. But today in America, you're not allowed to do that, especially when you're a corporate citizen slave. And uh, you know, and and they love this stuff. This was a good piece. This was good. The media, all their, all those private bankers and the. Uh, Jewish cartel members got all together, and they said, we're going to uh, analyze this here. We're going to pick this apart, and we're going to throw this. They threw a couple other stories out there, too, you know, in between uh, this happening. And if anybody knows about those or not, maybe I'll cover those here in a little bit. But those are stories that didn't catch the the uh, the uh, monitoring screens that they have, that, that the consensus of what people tune into and what they're paying attention to or what they're talking about. See, we feed into it, and we talk about the things that they wanted to really talk about, but they throw they threw a couple of them at us of stories, and we fed into this one. So everyone's paying attention to this one now, and it's building up, building up. And the hype wasn't just quite there yet today, so we couldn't get a verdict today. And uh, so I think tomorrow, from what I hear, they're, they're going to have a verdict tomorrow. And uh, this is uh, they already have a verdict right now, actually. And apparently there was going to be a motion to dismiss ruling. He was going to, the judge was going to dismiss the case. But uh, 
he's not going to do that. But then, the, then they were trying to say that they were going to the judge was going to set aside the verdict if they came back guilty. From what I understand is that they do have a verdict, but nobody knows if it's guilty or not guilty. And believe me, I'm trying to listen on the airwaves of you know what people and and it and it's you know with O.J. Simpson case, all that stuff, man. We you know it was leaked out. So. Uh, you know what the verdict was going to be. I'm going to try to get it. I'm trying to get it. What what it is? So, so they have reached a verdict, though. Okay. So uh, just be ready. Just get ready. And uh, let's see here. Maybe I'm trying to play something here. Get something here going here, and then I'll take calls tonight. If anybody wants to call in, um, we'll go over some of this other stuff here. Uh, this stuff that I've been covering here, and uh, I found it. This uh, the law and whatnot. This de jure and de facto law. And how we can, and how it could be used, and it's been, it's been being done behind the scenes, actually. So the Republic has, has been telling me the truth about that. It has been uh, operating behind the scenes, and there are places that um, are using it. So uh, you pay attention. And then I got the Saving Fatherhood podcast that's on right now. He's debate. You got a guy debating about Jesus. Uh, he's deba- There's an atheist and another guy, a pastor. They're debating. So I might tune into that for a few minutes, see what they're talking. If they got anything good going on, I guess this kid's a real wild one. This atheist guy's a clown, but he's supposed to know his stuff, you know. So, so we'll, we'll maybe I'll check in with that and put that on here. Uh, I was invited to that tonight, so uh, we'll uh, see what the heck what's going on there. But um, let's play this one. Um, you know, but 
religion always divides everybody. See, he's not on. I can't get in there. I can't get into the. I can't get in there. So the hell with it then. So I'm gonna try one more link here. If I can't get it, then I'm gonna go to some, something else. Um, debate room three. Debate room three. Says it says, says it's happening now. Debate room three. I can't get in there, man. Why didn't you just put it up there live like you've been doing, man? You gotta switch it up. Unreal. Unreal. I'll, I'll, I'll try the YouTube link. If not, I'm not gonna. You know, I can't. You know, this is what I'm talking about with the NSM. This is what they have to do. Okay, this is for this is my advice. And what really has to, to run things successful, you got to have a, a box there, you got to have a link, and people just click on it, and bam, that's it. You pop up, and you're on. That's the way it's got to be. You know, otherwise, nobody's going nobody's gonna to follow it. Nobody's going to be able to do it. Nobody's going to take the time to download anything. And, uh, you, I mean, you're going to get people to, to uh, listen, but you're not going to get the numbers that, that, that we're looking for here. You know, you're just not going to get it. So uh, it's got to be something simple. And, and you just click on it, and bam, that's it. You're you're on there. So, I mean, like the saving fatherhood thing. I can't get on here. You know, he he sent me the invite too, and I accepted it. I mean, all I got is his big mug here on the screen. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Let's go to the YouTube thing, and I go to the YouTube, and and it's it's, it's live, live. Here we go. Okay, here he goes. All right, I got it now. Okay. Your lovelies here. Shamantime waves here. Facebook user here. Uh, by the way, Facebook users, anybody who is, um, you know, if you just got that gray head there, what you want to do is you want to register with um, StreamYard there. It'll tell you how to do it. So we're going to let some people come in here for a little bit. We had a little bit of a late start. I uh, think, sorry to interrupt you, Joe, but I think I am live on my channel. Just having somebody check right now, but I think we're also live on my channel too, guys. Um, Great, yeah, so guys, I need you guys to share the feed. We're going to start this very shortly. I'm going to mute it for one second, but I just want to double check, so I'll be right back. Fantastic. Hey, Scott, would you like to uh, talk about the rules of the debate? And I'll just interrupt one last time for the rest of this evening. We are live on my channel. We're good to go, guys. Fake Mike's real news here. It's going to be an awesome debate. I'm actually shutting up. we got Scott. We actually got a moderator, and he can mute me at any time. So I'm going to mute myself. And get ready for the debate, guys. Share the speed. We're, we're all going to learn some stuff here. I don't think I gave Scott the power to, to mute you. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. I can mute oh, you. Oh, I did? Uh-oh. Yeah, can I, you mute I, 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 I will. With, with great power comes great responsibility. And Scott, Scott is an equalizer. He always has been. <laughs> Scott Scott is, I trust Scott with my life. Um, he will He will do a good job. And he'll do right by you, Mr. Fake Mike. Last thing we, we, we Christians want to do is... Uh, you know, undercut uh, a non-Christian. We're here to love on you. So just yeah, plus, so you know. Plus, my, my OCD doesn't allow me to... to oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, we're waiting for V. But you're going to you're gonna have to announce me, and you're going to have to announce Fake Mike. Uh, I, don't like, sure. I don't like that other plan. Not, 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 a, not a problem. So as, as far as the debate rules, we're, this is actually going to be a structured debate, not a free-for-all. So what the participants have agreed to is uh, each uh, debater will get a 20-minute opening statement, followed by a round of 10-minute uh, rebuttal time each. Now, to be clear, the rebuttal period is intended to address points that your opponent brings up during his opening statement. 
it is expected that it will not be part two of the stuff you didn't fit into your opening statement. So please uh, limit your rebuttal comments to uh, responding to things that your opponent uh, made points of in, in his opening statement. Uh, the rebuttal period will be followed by uh, two rounds of cross-examination with each debater questioning his opponent for five minutes, and then we'll switch. We'll do that, we'll do that twice. And then finally, we'll conclude with a, a round of 10-minute closing statements. Now, uh, seeing that Joe is taking the affirmative position, he will go first, and uh, fake Mike, real news, will go second, otherwise known as, as Will. And uh, that uh, will be one exception. The closing statements, the affirmative speaker is the last one to, for, the, for the last segment of the debate, for the closing segment. The uh, uh, negative speaker, the, the, the denial speaker, fake Mike, will make his closing statement first, and then Joe will finish out the debate. After that, we will uh, try to take questions from the uh, viewers in the chat. Please wait until we get to that point before posting questions, but certainly jot them down, think of them as you're following along with the debate. Please keep them concise. We're not gonna read any statements or any monologues. Please indicate in the chat who you want the question addressed to. The person to whom you're addressing the question will have a minute to answer the question, and the other uh, debater will have approximately 30 seconds to respond. The, the point of the debate is uh, not to virtue signal. Uh, it's not to uh, pwn the other side. It's to try to uh, uh, mutually edify one another by the exchanging of ideas. So for the people asking questions in the chat, please be respectful. Please ask legitimate and serious questions and refrain from uh, smart aleck remarks or, uh, you know, profanity. Thank you, Scott. That was fantastic. Fake Mike is uh, V joining us uh, because we did have a second moderator, and uh, I think we've got a lot of folks coming into the chat now. So, so to moderate the moderator, first moderator. Yeah, well, he was going to introduce Fake Mike, right? I know I usually need moderation myself. So, gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. Looks like uh, looks like a good amount of folks. I don't know. Um, so I just, you know, fake Mike. I just switched from Restream over to Streamyard. How do I get the How do I get the chat room up in uh, the middle area? Oh, I think I think I know. You should be able to toggle between the the. You you, you have to probably play it on screen. Um, you have yeah. to the screen. I want the chatters to be able to see. So if you. So what I would do is I would go to share at the bottom, and and then it should allow you to pick the screen that you want to share, and then you can enter that into the screen, and then you can put it in that, that position that it is there so we can see it. But you got to share your screen first. Or the, yeah, whatever one, because I'm, I'm getting dizzy watching the... Whatever tab it is, yeah. Okay. Right, if you're just joining, while we're figuring this out here, we're going to start shortly. Share this feed, guys, and find my boy, Joe. Although we may disagree here, who knows? He may have some new information that might convince me. I might convince him. We never know. But he's still somebody out there that's doing great work in other fields. And anybody that's uh, – Joe, Joe's quickly becoming one of my friends. I, I love the work that he does 
the link to find Joe's work is in the description, and just Google that on all platforms. And Joe, while you're getting things set up, um, if you could just verbally tell people how, how people can find you, and I want you guys to go check my boy out. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I, in fact, yeah, I, I created a little banner here. Uh, the latest place to find Saving Fatherhood is youtube.com slash Saving Fatherhood. Definitely looking for subscribers there. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just tell you a little bit about who I am, and this way Scott can work on the moderation and, and uh, Fake Mike can do his own intro as well. Uh, Saving Fatherhood is a ministry. Uh, we help uh, divorced and... Uh, uh, broken families uh, to restore, to, to find uh, peace through um, uh, biblical, traditional family um, roles. So we just want to, we like to help people uh, who are uh, being abused by the family court. So we do that uh, through our Facebook pages, uh, in our, in our cha- uh, group chats in there. We have a group room in there. Uh, we do a Divorced and or alienated dad's Bible study, which we'd love for uh, guys to join. We're looking to do a, a women's Bible study as well because a lot of women have said, hey, how come we don't have a, a women's Bible, a Bible study with Saving Fatherhood? Because Saving Fatherhood not, doesn't neglect women. I mean, you can't have a father without having a mother. And so uh, we, we reject any, anyone that would say that Saving Fatherhood is a bias type of organization. In fact, I got kicked out of a MGTOW group recently because of that. If you're not with them, cops like and military spies, and you will declare that you're um, a Republican so now, we're, uh, tell me that I'm a weirdo because I'm upset about this, and I should only go get upset about my favorite football team winning or losing. Listen, I know what tyranny means. I know the bankers are putting poison in our food and water. I know the bankers have stolen $8.5 trillion. I know we're under War Powers Act. I know they're hurting us. I know they're carrying out a new world order. I know they staged those terror attacks. You know what it's like to go up to this and go out every day and go past the peer pressure? and come out day one and say 9-11 was an inside job and lose most of the radio stations I was on? You know what it's like to go to sleep every night knowing you work for a bunch of psychotic killers and you bastards are probably going to end up killing me one day? You know what it's like knowing you've ruined my life? You know what it's like? You sons of bitches are tired of your crap! You commit evil, you're part of an evil system, and we're standing up against you. And the Republic is going to defeat you in the end. Some of us won't make it personally through this, but a lot of us are. And in the end, you are going to be brought to justice for all the kids you kidnapped for CPS, all you CPS workers, all you corrupt bureaucrats, all you that have had your way with innocent children over and over again who think your evil's invincible. You're not invincible, and God is going to deal with you. And you are cursed to hell. Trying to share gospel truth with people, and that's what you know. That's why we're doing a debate about the historicity of Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the one of the most amazing things about Christianity is it teaches an answer for suffering and how to alleviate yourself from suffering. Uh, no other religion has uh, an answer for suffering, um, and Christianity, because of that answer, is also a much better form of psychology than any psychology that's out there. Uh, certainly um, the psychology, if you want to use that term, that's in Christianity has been around for almost 2,000 years. And so we are very excited to work with anyone. It doesn't matter what religion you are, but we do push Christian solutions to help people stay out of family courts, stay married, follow a biblical worldview, 
um, understand how God designed marriage and how God designed a family to see how it works so much better that way. And there's no one's going to argue with me that the way we're doing families and divorces and, and marriages in the United States today is working. In fact, you may be from uh, UK or Australia. They've all got the same problems, and we see them on our Facebook pages all the time. So, love to help anybody. We do free counseling. Uh, granted, uh, you know, uh, anyone who knows the Bible can do counseling. You're just quoting God's word. And so, what happens is, when you don't know what to do, you just find someone else who's got more of God's word. So, we're all we're all taught that way. We're equipped by our pastors to. So, you know, you don't have to be a believer to to get help from us. We'd love to help you. So. That's it. So that's it, Fake Mike. How about you? Why don't you tell people who you are and what your organization's about? Yeah, Fake Mike Real News. I'm just a regular guy with a snapback and a whisk. My whole goal is to use nonviolence and the Socratic method to work with any and everybody to build an altruistic world and uh, nonviolently, of course, destroy the new world order. Uh, we do a lot of things. You guys can check me out at fakemikerealnews.com, on Instagram, fakemikerealnews, all platforms, fakemikerealnews. Um, and, of course, I, uh, you brought your moderator, and I also have my, my elder brother here, V, who is my moderator. Also, uh, V and I, it's actually V show, he allows me to ride his coattails to success. V is the co-host. V is the host. I'm the host of Red Hill Hardcore Radio Show, which is literally the most hardcore radio show in the world, uh, and you were a guest over there. We were talking about other stuff. Uh, so, B, uh, welcome to the stream, and introduce yourself, Tim. V, can you hear us? All right, I'm going to message V um, so I can continue, and I'm just going to tell him we can't hear you. So I have up in the uh, in my camera feed, uh, since nobody wants to look at me, I have a, a running timer that will automatically proceed to the next segment, and I'll I'll play a little uh, a little buzzer sound here. Well, no, if you get caught up and you're you're in the heat of the moment, not looking at the screen as far as the timer goes. That will keep us uh, on time, keep the thing moving along, and uh, be be fair and uh, word of the the modern culture equitable in terms of the uh, in terms of the time spent for the debaters. So uh, when when we're all set uh, and and Joe will will start, I will kick off and and start the clock. And uh, so I'll just wait for you guys to give me the thumbs up, and then we'll uh, you know come go into your 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 corners and uh, and and come out debating. So if we're ready, ready to go, Joe, you can uh, you can uh, make the affirmative case for the historicity of Jesus of Nazareth. Thanks, Scott. Why do we care if Jesus existed? Because the claims he made are extraordinary. He claimed to be God, fully God and fully man, but that is not our question today. Because my time is limited to 20 minutes, I will not attempt to address these extraordinary claims. I will limit my remarks to the historical evidence of the existence of Jesus. However, 
Much of this evidence is extraordinary as well. Additionally, I do not concede any authority higher than Scripture. But because Jesus is who he says he is, I agree that his presence in history should cause ripples that we feel even today. First, we must define our terms. What is evidence? From the Webster 1828 Dictionary, evidence is that which elucidates and enables the mind to be truth. Proof arising from our own perceptions by the senses or from the testimony of others or from inductions of reason. Senses, testimony, reason. Is a fossil buried in the side of a mountain evidence of evolution or creation? It depends on the question we are asking. We have a right to ask questions. Additionally, we have to recognize our own bias. I may have never heard of evolution. If my entire experience is only about creation, then the fossil will only be evidence to that which I already have exposure to. Most of us are comfortable with our own beliefs. In fact, many of us attending tonight's debate are only, if we're honest, looking for our own views to be to gain greater insight on why we're correct and maybe even learn some new information that will allow us to argue more effectively for the views we already have. If Jesus did exist, then we have to deal with his extraordinary claims. It's usually not the existence of Jesus that is debated, but did Jesus really say? Because Jesus claims to be God, this brings us back to Genesis 3 when Satan said to Eve, did God really say? I say all this before presenting the overwhelming amount of evidence for the historical existence of Jesus because I share this information not to sound more convincing, but so that you will indeed consider the claims of Jesus and what they mean for your life. I believe these claims should bring you great hope and a promise that you are valued more than you may know by your creator. But if you focus on these claims or your rejection of them, your bias may prevent you from evaluating the evidence. If you are unsure of your bias, ask yourself this question. If Christianity was true, would I become a Christian? Only if it's all true. If your answer is yes, you are not controlled by an irrational bias, probably due to the claims of Jesus and what they mean on your life. No, if you would not, if you would not become a Christian, even if all the claims were true, then you've already decided how you will evaluate the evidence. So, with a clear mind, we ask, what are the types of evidence? We establish three types of evidence, and I'll add a caveat. Senses, testimony, reason, and the caveat is this evidence must be falsifiable. In other words, we need to be able to test it. If it is not falsifiable, we just have to take your word, and that is not sufficient. All right. How would that look like? Example one, you believe that gravity exists. The existence of gravity can be tested in the moment, so we can test and prove it true or false. Whether or not gravity exists currently, this is falsifiable. Example two, you believe gravity has always existed or that it will exist in the future. You can use historical evidence to go back in time and evaluate evidence for conditions where gravity existed, but you cannot go back to all time or in the future. So this premise is not completely falsifiable, but partly. Example three, a preponderance of the evidence dictates that it is reasonable to make assumptions based on historical data in order to determine the most likely scenario. 
since gravity has always existed and can be tested by known historical sources, it is reasonable that gravity should continue since our world does not seem to embrace random changes of that type. Number four, what evidence, senses, testimony, reason do we have for the historical existence of Jesus? Well, there are over 42 sources of testimony within 150 years after Jesus' death that mention his existence and record many events of his life. Nine of these come from traditional New Testament authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, the author of Hebrews, James, Peter, and Jude. There are also 20 early Christian writers outside the New Testament. Clement of Rome, the other Clement, Ignatius, Polycarp, uh, martyrdom Polycarp, these are documents, the Didache, Barnabas, the Shepherd of Hermas, fragments of Papias, Justin Martyr, Aristides, Athenagoras, Theophilus of Antioch, Quadratus, Aristo of Pella, Melito of Sardis, Diogenides, Gospel of Peter, Apocalypse of Peter, and Epistula Apostolorum. There's also four heretical writings, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Truth, the Apocryphon of John, and the Treatise uh, treatise on on Resurrection. There are nine secular sources, if you don't like the biblical sources. There's Josephus, Tacitus, Pliny the Younger, Phlegon, Lucian, Celsus, Marbar, Suetonius, and Thallus. These were all secular sources that were never, were never Christians and never became Christians. All of these sources were written within the, within the time frame when eyewitnesses could contradict their claims, making that testimony falsifiable or testable. So what are the two main categories for evidence for us tonight, biblical and extra-biblical? So what is this Bible? It's a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses, very important, that report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and claim that their writings are divine rather than human in origin. The elephant in the room is the supernatural events and the divinity of the Bible. I believe the supernatural events and divinity of the Bible, and I do not intend on defending it at all. These claims do not negate the historicity or reliability of the evidence that Jesus existed. That is our question tonight. To the contrary, the evidence for the supernatural events gives credibility to the evidence, especially if you desire extra-biblical evidence because these events changed the world. The footprints of the existence of Jesus are everywhere. When someone wants to know the essential pivotal point of an issue, they frequently say, what is the crux of the matter? Crux is a Latin word meaning cross, now commonly used in English. The term excruciating also has the root word crux. The pain and suffering of the cross was so deep it needed a new word. These sorts of imprints left on our culture fall into the category of evidence from our senses. We sense Jesus' existence all over our culture. But let's not forget the falsifiability of the Bible. These documents were written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses making the Bible falsifiable. 
How about some Bible stats? There's 66 individual books written by about 40 authors on three different continents over about 1,600 years. The New Testament was written by those who either knew Jesus personally or were under the direction of those who did. The Gospels are full of factual accounts of cities, customs, terms, locations, etc., that can all be verified historically and archaeologically. Let me repeat, the Gospels are full of factual accounts of cities, customs, terms, locations, etc., that can all be verified historically and archaeologically. The New Testament has over 24,000 copies with 99.5% textual purity, making it the most reliable set of historical documents to ever exist. The New Testament was written while hundreds or thousands of eyewitnesses had the opportunity to contradict its content. Testimony, the second type of evidence. 5,600 of these copies are in Greek. There are over 19,000 copies in Syriac, Latin, Coptic, and the Aramaic languages. The total supporting New Testament manuscript base is over 24,000 copies within 100 years or less from the originals. Additionally, copies of the New Testament that are older than 100 years make up part of the best-selling book in all of history, the Bible, as we know it today. While most historically accepted copies are multiple hundreds of years from the original, the New Testament has a fragment of the Gospel of John that dates back to around 29 years from the original writing, John Ryland's Papyri, A.D. 125. But many of the documents are, and, the, and the content inside are traceable to as few as seven years away from the actual death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If we go to extra-biblical sources, what are the most important? Well, definitely the eyewitnesses, uh, because many of them were martyred. If you or I were to choose persecution or martyrdom for our religious beliefs, it may be noble, but it's not evidence. We are not witnesses of the actual events. When we learn that all but one of Jesus' apostles were martyred, rather than denouncing Jesus, denying his existence or deity, we have great evidence that what he said was true. And we're not even trying to prove that what he said was true tonight. We just want to establish his historicity, his existence. Now listen to this. You might die for something you think was true, but wasn't. You would never die for something you know was not true. Testimony. How about archaeology? There isn't a single archaeological discovery that disproves the Bible in any way. I repeat, there isn't a single archaeological discovery that disproves the Bible in any way. And Jesus is all throughout the Bible. Even the once challenged walls of Jericho have been found and evidence shows they were destroyed just as the Bible reports. Archaeology shows that Luke 3, 1 does not contain what scholars, some scholars, hoped was an error. An inscription found by archaeologists supports Luke 3.1's claim that Lysanias was indeed the Tetrarch of Abilene. Other archaeology established the facts in the following verses that were challenged at one point, but now unchallenged because of archaeology. Acts 18.12, Romans 16.23, Acts 19.28, Acts 17.6 and 8, Acts 28.7, Acts 14. Luke 2.2 and Luke 3.1, many other verses were challenged over the years by people with bias against
against the Bible, they were all unsuccessful. How about the Jewish historian Flavius Josephus? He, he was around from 37 to 101 AD. He was a Jewish priest at the time of the Jewish revolt of AD 66. He, ca- he was captured by the Romans, imprisoned, set free, and then retired to Rome, where he wrote a history of the revolt called the Jewish War. Later, he wrote Antiquities and History of the Jews. Josephus wrote the following, quote, Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men amongst us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again the third day. As the, divine, as the divine prophets had foretold these 10,000 and other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of the Christians, so named from him, are not extinct at this day. How about Tacitus, a Roman historian, for extra-biblical uh, non-Christian testimony? He says, Christus, who is Jesus, consequently... Oh, it, that's... No, he, he meant Christus, who is Jesus... Quote, consequently, to get rid of the report, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations, called Christians, by the populace. Christus, from whom the name has its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of one of our procurators, Pontius Pilatus, and a most mischievous... Superstition then, just for a moment, again broke out, not only in Judea, the first source of the evil, but even in Rome, where all things hideous and shameful from every part of the world find their center and become popular. Another, histor- another um, politician named Pliny the Younger mentioned Christ. In his writings around AD 112, he said, they, the Christians, were in the habit of meeting on a certain fixed day before it was light by a solemn oath, not to wicked deeds, but never to commit any fraud themselves by a solemn oath, not to any um, theft or adultery, never to falsify their word, nor deny a trust when they should be called upon to deliver it up, after which it was their custom to separate and then reassemble to partake of food of an ordinary and innocent kind. Uh, How about the Talmud? What is the Talmud? It's a body of Jewish civil and ceremonial law and legend comprising the Mishnah and the Gemara. There are two versions of the Talmud. The Babylonian Talmud, which dates from the 5th century AD, but includes earlier material. And there's an earlier Palestinian or Jerusalem Talmud. And the Talmud says this, quote, on the eve of the Passover, Yeshua, that's Jesus, was hanged. For 40 days before the execution took place, a herald went forth and cried, quote, he is going forth to be stoned because he has practiced sorcery and enticed Israel to apostasy. Anyone who could say anything in his favor, let him come forward and plead on his behalf. But since nothing was brought forward in his favor, he was hanged on the eve of the Passover. Jewish attempts to prove Christ didn't rise from the dead is probably 
some of the best proof that Jesus didn't exist. There are three undisputed facts from Jewish sources. One, the tomb in which Jesus was buried was discovered empty by a group of women on the Sunday following the crucifixion. Two, Jesus' disciples had real experiences with one whom they believed was the risen Christ. And three, as a result of the preaching of these disciples, which had the resurrection at its center, the Christian church was established and grew extremely quickly. What about this empty tomb? The earliest Jewish arguments against Christianity admit the empty tomb. In Matthew 28, 11, there's a reference made to the Jews' attempt to refute Christianity by saying that the disciples stole the body. The Jews acknowledged the empty tomb by stating that the disciples stole the body. Whose body? Whose body? Jesus's. The stolen body theory admitted the significant truth that the tomb was, in fact, empty. The Toledoth Jesu, a compilation of early Jewish writings, is another source acknowledging this. It acknowledges that the tomb was empty and attempts to explain it away. Justin Martyr wrote to the Jews, directly to the Jews, quote, after you learned that he rose from the dead, but as I said before, you have sent chosen and ordained men throughout all the world to proclaim that a godless and lawless heresy had sprung from one Jesus, a Galilean deceiver whom we crucified, but his disciples stole him by night from the tomb where he was laid when unfastened from the cross and now deceive men by asserting that he has risen from the dead and ascended to heaven. There's also a record of a second century debate between a Christian and a Jew, in which a reference is made to the fact that the Jews claim the body was stolen. Third, the empty tomb account in the Gospel of Mark is based upon a source that originated within seven years of the event it narrates. This places the evidence for the empty tomb too early to be legendary, and it makes it much more likely that it is accurate. Jesus' disciples and the risen Christ. Pliny the Younger said they worshipped, worshipped him like a god. Pliny was no friend of Jesus, but he reported this. Now, because of the resurrection, the Christian church grew like wildfire. And in less than 300 years, it consumed the 1,000-year reign of the Roman Empire from within, the ripples of which still spread today. And I'll ask you one last question that I would like you to consider. What was a crucifixion? It was the most disgusting, evil way to die. You could suffer for days on that cross. It was designed to be long and the word excruciating as we talked about earlier was very important. The Jews had been waiting for thousands of years for the Messiah. The Messiah is predicted way back in the Old Testament. It's the first promise after the fall in Genesis 3. And they waited for this Messiah. Many of them hoped that the Messiah would be different things that would fulfill their greatest desires and needs, one of which was freedom from the Romans after they had been under the rule of many other countries. Why, why on earth would they ever 
say he was crucified. God. Okay, thanks, Joe, for that uh, that opening statement. Could we briefly, before we go to my segment, perfectly timed, uh, V is joining us. Uh, v, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you better this time. Can you hear me? Oh, we can actually hear you. Welcome, man. So you just missed Joe's opening salvo right there, but, uh, but I'm going to have a retort, and Joe's going to have his turn, we're going to open up for comments and questions, so it's going to be dope. Now, before we continue, V, tell people about yourself, man, and, and also, you know, our, uh, not our, but your new social media platform. Well, uh, I'll take a minute for that, if I'm allowed. Uh, TLBTalk.com, free speech platform. We know Facebook is hating against any kind of group that they call extremists, even you know, Christians, Muslims, and, and you know, anybody who has an opinion, especially as it relates to any social, uh, you know, ramifications, whether it be COVID or, or anything. Everybody's being shut down on Facebook. Everyone is being censored on Facebook because they believe that there's no alternatives. Well, guess what? Yes, there are alternatives, and that is killbtalk.com I'm just a minor partner in, in, in the project but hey it doesn't matter because the network belongs to you the people please sign up donate five bucks hey five bucks a month would be great I don't you know five bucks in donations it's, it's a lot better than having to put on a uniform you shouldn't kill people to fight for your freedom. I'd rather just pay five bucks and ensure that, you know? So that would help out a lot. You know, it's cost of a cup of coffee. Other hey, than v, that, I, I am V. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, V, how do I spell that? Your, what's the URL oh, for that platform? P as in Tom, L as in Larry, B as in boy. Talk. Now, we're not here tonight to debate, you know, did Jesus 
perform miracles or anything like that. But this person is claimed to be the Son of God. So in order for me to believe that the Son of God walked this earth, I need overwhelming proof. One of the things is God knows all of us. If God is omnipotent and and everywhere and knows our hearts, then God would also know that, and I do believe in a God, not the biblical God, but I could come around to that. I do uh, believe that God knows my heart, and he knows that he built me as a skeptical person. So he also knows I've read the Bible from front to cover. And I've done a lot of research. I've, I've prayed. I, I've, I've watched debunking and debunking. I've, I've read uh, Christian apologist books. So God also knows in order for me to believe, he wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't give me insufficient evidence, then let me die without seeing the best evidence, and then blame me for that. And if he did, then that wouldn't be a, a righteous God there, right? Because how are you going to create me? and then not give me the proper information when I've been thirsty for it, and then condemn me for that. I, I don't think that's an alternative thing. So Paul Sagan says, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proofs. Uh, I don't even believe in scientific proof. People say, well, that's a scientific proof. That's scientific fact. There's no such thing as a scientific fact. Science can only show correlation as well. Uh, and so one more thing, the Christian guys out there, I'm not against you. Uh, I'm just doing this because I interview people, I debate everybody. And, you know, Joe says some great points. Hey, I'm going to research them too. So right now we're living in a world where the mainstream media lies to us incessantly. The government lies to us. Everyone lies to us. And we know those people and we know they're lying to us. But in order to believe the Bible... You have to believe some guys thousands of years ago that literally nobody knows who they are, if they even existed, or anything about them. Yet we literally know nothing about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John besides what's in the Bible. So we don't know who these authors are. They could be anybody. Uh, If someone came up to me right now on the street and said, you know, hey, I got got Jesus Christ right over here, I still wouldn't believe because... You're what you're doing that right there, let alone somebody thousands of years ago that have no idea who you are. And then when you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I could, I'm going to go on to some other examples, you see a number of contradictions in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these aren't small contradictions either. These are rather large contradictions. So uh, Joe's talking about where, where uh, Jesus was in the tomb, and they rolled, they rolled it away. All four Gospels give four rather different accounts. And one of them, people rise from the dead and there's an earthquake. And the other three Gospels, there's not a mention of it. It's not like, oh, Jesus was wearing a red shirt, says Mark. And then Luke was like, no, nah, actually, that was a red shirt. These visitors, vast discrepancies. Um, and I can bring up a couple of those later. But there are contradictions and discrepancies within the, the Gospels themselves. So we don't know who wrote the Gospels. We have contradictions within the Gospels. And even Christian apologists will tell you that these Gospels were written during Jesus' Jesus's alleged lifetime. I'll tell you what, if there was a mother outside right now, walking on water, healing people from the dead, right? And, of course, there, there were less people around that were literate, you know, and nowadays we'd be tweeting it or whatever. But I would learn how to write and write that down. Especially if I was one of Jesus' apostles and I knew how to write, why would I wait till 
20 to 100 years later to write down these things. It just doesn't make any sense. So you got these guys that contradict each other. We don't know who they are. And uh, so we don't know if, if these are reliable. Then you, you take it back even further from that. Uh, you know, we're talking about the Bible is super, super reliable. But what's the source? We don't know who Moses was. We don't know who any of these people were. And this is the same Bible that says Jonah was alive in a fish sailed for a bunch of days. This is the same Bible that says, you know, you can keep slaves, but just try not to beat them too hard. And, you know, I, I mean, Joe and I had a conversation about this behind the scenes the other day, and I'm sure Joe will bring this up. But I don't think you can have a God that's a baby killer. Nowadays, Christians are, oh, you're killing the baby, you're killing the baby. What do you think God was doing? When he, when he murdered all the firstborns in Egypt, what do you think? Was it, was it the firstborns' fault in Egypt that Pharaoh wouldn't let them go? Even after God hardened his heart so he wouldn't let them go? God like, let my people go. And then he hardens Pharaoh's heart and doesn't want to let them go. So instead of punishing Pharaoh or himself for creating this, he then, he then murdered Egyptian children. And then when the Israelites go on their exodus, they're just going through towns, and the Bible says they kill men, women, children, dogs. Why is God killing babies in, in the first place? Uh, it doesn't sound like an altruistic person. And, and so I also believe any book that talks about how a dude was in a war for three days and came back out, I, I, don't, I, I can't see that as a reliable source. Um, now we're talking about what is the evidence for Jesus in his lifetime? Well, in his lifetime... Some guy that walked on water, supposedly rose to the heavens and was doing all the supernatural stuff, healing people, resurrecting people that were dead, all this amazing stuff, traveling around. There's not one record of Jesus within his lifetime. Not one. Not the Gospels, not any extra biblical evidence whatsoever for Jesus in his lifetime. We're talking about the most extraordinary person that ever walked this planet. And during his entire lifetime, there's not one shred of evidence. Now, yeah, of course. So then you go into the biblical evidence. You go into all the uh, 30-something, 20-something books of evidence for Jesus. And as I said, we don't know who those people are. And a long time afterwards, they decided what's in the Bible. We don't know how much they edited the Bible. We don't, we don't know that. So then you have the extra-biblical accounts. So... Uh, the accounts that you brought up from Pliny and Tacitus, there's been some great questioning, especially recently into Pliny, um, and there's always been questioning whether those documents are, are, are authentic or not. So even if they are authentic, this happens after the fact. Keep in mind that there's no evidence of Jesus during his lifetime. Um, and then Josephus, which is probably the first and arguably the first, depending on there, – there's different scholars from different fields. But Josephus is probably the best-known extra-biblical account. And that one section where he's talking about Jesus, even, even some Christian apologists admit that that's a forgery and that's a fraud. And if you read uh, Josephus' account, if you read before and after that, he's talking about some sexual gossip drama. Then all of a sudden, he's going on for like two pages. He's going on for two pages on some drama stuff. Then all of a sudden there's a paragraph that appears, oh, by the way, there's Jesus, and, and, and people call him God, and, uh, and then it goes back on to some other stuff. So it's weird how you have two pages.
pages of drama, a little, then all of a sudden you get a paragraph, Jesus was God, and then you go back and have the drama. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy, but if Jesus was real, I'd spend more than two pages on Jesus and spend less time on the drama. But, oh, by the way, there's a Jew creating miracles in the Son of God. I would, Josephus should have trashed everything else, thrown that stuff away. But, no, he's, he's writing a, a drama magazine, fits in a paragraph there about Jesus and how he's got. Also, some of the other extra-biblical accounts of Jesus, keep in mind there's not one during his lifetime, but some of the other extra-biblical accounts, uh, keep in mind there were other people that called themselves Jesus and the Christ. And there were even uh, a number of Jewish and Roman writers that were alive during the time of Jesus, and they actually wrote about other, other false messiahs. And they didn't mention this Jesus. So there are some mentions of a person named Jesus. Yeah, that's for sure. We had other people named Jesus. We had plenty of people pretending to be messiahs. Since the beginning of time, we've had people pretending to be messiahs. I think Joe would agree with me on that, at least that one point. Um, and then another point I'd like to get to here, too, is this also brings up a big philosophical question, right? So why would God change his mind? And all-knowing, I don't understand why God would want to change his mind, because if God knows everything, all right. then you got the Old Testament God who murders babies, murders animals, and... <laughs> says it's okay to have slaves. You can have slaves, but you can't eat lobster. <laughs> that's, that's the Old Testament God. And the Old Testament God is, is barbaric. He likes to play pranks on people. He say, oh, come over here, murder your son. Uh, murder your son. Uh, just kidding, don't murder your son. I was just testing you. I was like, okay, that's a weird flex, God, but okay. Um, and then, you know, just to make sure everything's legit, I know I made you completely perfect and everything like that, but, you know, you've got a little too much skin at the end of your penis. We're going to need you to snap, snap that off. So God was a very vengeful, angry, child-murdering God in the Old Testament. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes, and then it's turned the other cheek. It, then it's, we love you. We, we forgive your sins. That brings up a great philosophical question. Why would God change his mind? I, I don't think any of us have the answer to that there. Also, why would God create a world to have this suffering in it in the first place to need Jesus to come back to? Why would Jesus, why would God, and a.k.a. Jesus, create people? Because people say, well, we have to keep it safe for Israel, and, you know, these other people were bad, so we're allowed to murder them and their children. Well, why would God create people to have them murdered in the first place? That doesn't seem like the kind of God that I would... I would want to believe in if he, if he actually was the God, uh, and it was all true, too. And you brought up the point about how, you know, from that point forward, Jesus was kind of, you know, no pun intended, but the nail on the cross there of the British Empire. But um, Alaric and Aminus and Brigard, uh, all these barbarian warriors had kind of put the nail in the coffin of Rome long before that, and Rome was already kind of on, I mean, even after it's too, but I would say the barbarians would do that. And keep in mind, thousands of countless people were, were crucified. Spartacus was crucified. It was actually the, the, the typical thing, one of the typical things. There was other things to do to people, but they crucified people back then. So the Jesus is no, like, special person because he got crucified. Um, and a couple, and even Jesus, some 
things that contradict himself, right? He says, I do not come in peace, I come in the name of the sword. Sell what you have and bring the sword. So that brings up the, the last point I think I'll make here on this one, because I'm kind of jumping all over the place, and I'll, I'll sum up my, my points a little bit, and I'll let uh, Joe retort. But if... So one of the big points about the Bible is people will say you take it literally or you don't take it literally. Oh, well, you know, well, when Jonah's in the whale, that's just actually a metaphor for being trapped in, trapped in evil and, and keeping your light out and your heart out for God. But then the other thing, they'll say, well, no, Jesus actually existed and did this. So why? So either the, the Bible is all literal or all figurative or a mix of the two. Obviously, those are your three choices right there. So it's all literal. That means God was a baby murdered. That means that Jonah wasn't a fish. That means that Jesus did exist. If it's all figurative, then all that metaphor. If it's a mix between the two, God somehow expects you to discern without any footnotes or anything what is figurative and what is actually supposed to be legitimate. So... And also, the final thing that I'll say, too, is there have been a number of solar deities. And solar deities pre-existed Jesus for quite a long time, and they have a lot of similarities with Jesus. Now, whether the Roman church adopted Christianity and made it into their new form of solar worship, it is true, but there have been a number of people, the death and, re- and forget the solar deities, there are death and rebirth messiahs. Um, Mithras, who was around just before Jesus, was a death and birth messiah. You, you actually, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of uh, death and birth messiahs that have occurred hundreds and thousands of years before, before Jesus. So my main points here are, one, there's no evidence for Jesus at, during his lifetime at all. We don't know who these authors are. We, and, and then the authors actually contradict themselves a number of times in their own testimony. So to me, that is not enough evidence, and I will yield back. All hey, right. moderator, can you get some clapping the... for my opponent there? Yeah, guys, here's this video with everybody. All right, you're resetting the clock there, Scott. You want to tell people what we're doing next? Resetting the clock. So we're entering the rebuttal period, as I stated in the opening, and if if you guys on the uh, watching the debate were not there at the beginning, the rebuttal time is is, uh, intended to address points that the opponent brought up in their opening statement. So Joe will now address uh, points that Will brought up in his opening statement. He'll do that for 10 minutes, and then Will will have a chance to respond to Joe's opening statement for 10 minutes. Uh, So, Joe, I will start the clock. Well, uh, can I have a a, a period after after Joe here just to speak to both of them, and then... Why don't you do that now before we get into the rebuttal 
Thanks. Uh, and also, too, if you want to hang around after this, we can. Ask, we can we're going to take some comments and questions from the, the group, and then B, we got our show after this, so we can kind of just kick it here and have a live stream with everybody, just kind of relax and chill out afterwards, and we can promote your everything and just you know shoot the crap. Yeah, you know what? So, so uh, V, that's uh, you know V. I don't know if you um, had time to review the. Uh, the detailed agenda that we put out there, but Scott could review that agenda first, and you could decide when you want to come in based on that, depending on... Well, oh, I'll take out the gist of it. Okay. Okay. Well, it might be helpful for the audience as well. Okay. Scott, you want to review the rest of the agenda for the evening, and then V, v can tell us what, 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 what he wants to add, and then we'll put it in. Sure. Uh, after After the rebuttal periods... Uh, the most interesting part of the debate, typically where things really get clarified, is the cross-examination period. We were going to have two rounds of uh, five-minute cross-examination, Joe questioning Will, Will questioning Joe, and then repeating that before going to 10-minute closing statements. V, where do you want to come in and what, what do you want to add to the debate? Well, I kind of – I'm not – Taking sides, I kind of just want to go in through the history and just to qualify. Hold on, we'll save that for the end. And save that for the end. Okay. All right. And then That's we'll open good. it up. Yeah, do that after. We'll all open it up. Yeah, on the yeah, question and We can certainly that do that sense. before we field questions from. Yeah, yeah let's do that. If yeah. If you, okay. If you okay. and I want to take moderator privilege, uh, uh, not to be confused with white privilege, but if we want to take our moderator's <laughs> privilege and, and pose any questions or, or comments at, at the end, uh, certainly that would seem appropriate. All right, waiting on that timer clock, Scott. All right, well, it is about to go into motion, so you're on. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, everybody, very excited for TLBtalk.com. I want to be a big part of that, so please go to that. A uh, little plug there. Uh, on my time. Thank you, Will, for giving me a little extra time uh, back here. So, yeah, Carl Sagan and uh, extraordinary claims. I cannot, I cannot disagree with that at all. As a, um, as a person who is an unbeliever in Jesus Christ for 35 years of my life, uh, and a skeptic who grew up in a Roman Catholic home. Uh, very skeptical of a lot of things in the Bible, but never really studied it, you know. Um, I also demanded extraordinary proof and evidence, and I, and I think everyone deserves that. And I believe our God has been gracious enough to deliver. All right, everybody. Joseph Gibson podcasting here, understanding the times in which we live today. All right. Uh, well, I thought that atheist guy was going to be able to come back with something a little, a little more uh... – you know, profound there, but uh, his argument there sounded like a fifth grader. You know, a fifth grader was just, uh, yeah, I was debating with some kid in a schoolyard, you know, a fifth grader. I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Who are you, but what am I? <laughs> you know, but, uh, hey, you know, well, it's, 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 it is what it is, but, uh, oh, boy. Let's see here. I'll be covering some stuff. I'm not gonna. I don't think I have time to cover this here tonight. I want to get into some stuff, uh, you know, remedies here and stuff like that. But uh, hey, two more weeks, and my name goes on the ballot here in North Carolina. 
And uh, the campaign trail starts, I guess. And uh, we're going to uh, hopefully get me elected here. And, uh, you know, the platform is, uh, you know, I, everyone knows I'm a, a big one here on uh, on tyranny. And I believe a lot of the tyranny happens through our judicial system. You know, I believe that the, uh, we'll, we'll have to reform. I'm going to propose that we reform our courts with, you know, a rotating uh, citizens oversight board that can watch we live in a digital age today, right? Every jail has cameras. I believe that we help, we can watch. There should be a, 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 a way for the people in their district to log, if there's a prison in their district or a jail, to log in and watch cameras, the cameras or what's going on in the jail at real time and live time because we don't need people to be kidnapped and beaten and tortured in America today. That's just not going to – it just it has to be addressed. You know, um, you know uh, – the property tax here, uh, that could be cut in half. I already looked at the uh, centralized annual financial uh, report, the capital report here for, for my county, and there is a surplus of millions of dollars, millions. So those slush funds will be, uh, you know, I, I would like to see competing currencies uh, uh, in the state. That's what I'd like to see, and I believe the state constitution does authorize that. Um, so, um, but but you know, all that being said, I believe that um, – you know the uh, the property tax could be cut in half. These slush funds will have to be dried up, and money it has to be responsible responsible fiscal spending. Um, and there's plenty of money. So the, the greed, the greed, the corporate greed, and we have to de de uh, corporatize everything. Everything has to be uncorporatized. We have to get back to a de jure republic. We have to restore the original constitution. And um, you know, uh, expediate, expediate things. Things have to go back. I mean, right now, legislators in this state only meet four times a year. They only quorum four times a year in Raleigh. No, that's no, 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 no. There needs to be more, more. There has to be, you know. Yeah, if we were, you know, if we, if we were just, you know, I, I would say more. There's a lot of problems that have to be addressed. The lawmakers of this state have to address more problems. And 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 we're really not the lawmakers. The people are the lawmakers, and we have to get that get that back sunk into people's heads. Now, every single abandoned and empty building, and there's a lot of them around, have to be used and 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 can be used for 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 gains of either to treat people for mental health issues because we got a, a lot of mental people out there running around that need help, and uh, veterans. I believe the veterans should be addressed. There should not be one homeless veteran. Especially if it was in my district. In my district, I see one homeless veteran. That has to that has to stop. That would stop and cease right then and there. No homeless veterans. I mean, we just can't have that. So, um, you know, and that would restore. And what and what that does is it restores respect. It restores, you know, integrity in the system when you do stuff like that. You say, well, you know, you, what about all the rest of the homeless people? That, that will. Well, remember what I always say. If we obey the Constitution, restore the original Constitution, we'll all get what we want in the end. We'll get our way, no matter what it is, because the Constitution is the living document above all, that if we obey it and restore our republic, we will have liberty and freedom and justice for what we – the needs that we – our pursuit of happiness without having to be a melting pot, without having to force people to believe a certain way or think a certain way. Or, or cram people together and forcibly do this. No, we don't have to do that, and we're not going to do that. 
because it doesn't work. It's clearly clearly it doesn't work. So uh, tyranny tyranny would have to be addressed. And then hey, if, if things go successful, if I do get elected here as a uh, representative in my district, I would then go up to uh, you know to go for lieutenant governor or governor or you know once you're in the legislature, then you can you know sky's the limit for North Carolina. You know so. You know, you do a change in your district, and then all make the things happen. You know, you you can get in there easy. And 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 by that time, if I was ever ever ever, which I doubt, but I, if I did get become a governor, I would I would definitely North Carolina would be uh, <laughs> we we would be a de jure state. We'd be the de facto would cease to cease to exist, and uh, things would change uh, big time. And other states, with Texas, of course, would jump on board. I know Texas is on board already with stuff like that. You know, places like Arizona, too, um, especially with their border crisis. So, but, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of issues that uh, can be addressed. But I like to hear what other people have to say, you know, and what they think and what issues should be addressed by the people. The people, the people, that's you are the law. You are the law. The people are the law. Okay? So, with that being said, phone number 657-383-0616. And like I said, two more weeks, my name will be uh, going on there on the ballot. I don't think there's going to be anybody running against me in the Republican uh, category there. I was going to do the Constitution Party, but I just they just don't have the base, man. And I just don't have time in my life to be fighting to reestablish something right now. You know, I mean, everyone knows I believe in the Constitution, and, and that we'll just have to go with the Republican. And I, and, and I just wouldn't ever vote along party lines. I would just never do that. I would vote what, what would be pro, you know, what would be the right thing to do. So going along party lines, and and I and I don't want their money either. So you know that that's it's nice to have, but again, it's phony monopoly money anyway. It's all a big fat lie, and we have to rest- we have to competing currencies. And I don't like digital currencies. I don't like it because they've been monopolized again. You talk about making the same mistake. Well, making the same mistake of, of having a monopoly on your currency would be having a digital currency. You know, everyone likes that physical money, and I believe that, you know, we can have a competing currency, you know, or, or back it by something, you know, silver or gold again, or some sort of have it, have it, make sure it has some intrinsic value, and don't have a debt-based system that has a monopoly that's owned by offshore banking cartel members that don't care about you or me. Friends with all, friends with all, and alliances with none. That's the motto. Okay, when it comes to foreign countries and whatnot. Okay, so six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press the number one if you want to speak here tonight. I'm going to take a two minute commercial break here, and then so if you want to jump in here, do it. I know I had a bunch of people on there earlier. Sorry, I promised my my podcast that debate, so I had to do it. So again, reminder: tomorrow night, nine p.m. East, the NSM live stream. Don't forget to don't forget to catch that live stream. If your killer instincts are not clean and strong, you will hesitate at the moment of truth. You will not kill. You will become dead marines. And then you will be in a world of shit. Because marines are not allowed to die without permission. Deal maggots understand. Sir! All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson podcasting here. If you want to chime in here tonight, now's the time to do it, please. Now is the time to do it. Um, press the number one. Let's 
Dynasty. Tomorrow night, I don't think I'll be podcasting unless it'll be before the NSM's pl- platform. Um, uh, I wanted to cover this DuJour thing, um, this DuJour de facto thing again. It's so very important that the people understand, you know, that they really understand what, the, what, what the, you know, this stuff. I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't understand how you can't get it. Let me check back in with this fatherhood thing here real quick, see what they're doing, and uh, see if they're, if they're talking anything. Deliver it as well. Um, when it comes to the, I, the all right, there he's, he's battling his points there. Um, well, let me check the news stories here today. Let me check the news stories. Let me get up to date here. Let me check my board here and see what we got here. See if we can get anything going. Tell you what, it was good weather down here today in North Carolina. 75 degrees. You can't beat that, man. You know, can't beat that. All right, what do we got here? Representative Boebert highlights Swalwell sleeping with Chinese spy scandal on House floor. Uh, Italian governor's call for unvaccinated to be put under lockdown. How nice. Dems launch war on, oh boy, um, Mexico. Migrants now buying cars to cross border instead of paying smugglers. There you go. Um, Epic Ted Nugent releases rock protest track. Come and take it. Watch door-to-door COVID vaccine census caught on camera. Here we go. Uh Uh-oh. Here they go. They're back at it again, everybody. They're back at it again. Uh Uh-oh. What do we got here? We got a video on this? All right. A man said in the video, he as he knocked on the door, we're just going around the community informing everyone they can get the vaccine for coronavirus. Have you been vaccinated? After the attendant responded yes, the city employee asked, which one did you get? We got Pfizer. The resident responded before the health department guy asked, how many people in your house got vaccinated? After the interrogation, the workers left some pamphlets at the doorstep of the apartment and continued with their canvassing. Are the workers categorizing, addressing into vaccinated, non-vaccinated, and unsure groups for future vaccine schemes? 
Uh, Info Warriors may recall Alex Jones warning of door-to-door vaccine brigades after the Biden administration promoted the idea a month ago. While the city employees may be harmless at the moment, Jones said there will be eventually national brigades coming to forcibly inoculate you and your family. Understand? Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door-to-door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. The good old days, baby, are gone, gone, gone. The days of just happy-go-lucky and you don't need to know about politics is over. We are going into a savage, protracted nightmare situation turning tens of millions of leftists loose on your home with code inspectors, environmental prospectors, uh, contact tracer inspectors, and if you don't do what they say, they're going to pull up in front of your house and burn it down with a freaking flamethrower. <laughs> I mean, they're coming to kill you and your family. They can't wait. They've been spoiling for the fight. They got control of the Pentagon. It's declaring war on America, and we are we are in deep trouble. But at least we know who the enemy is, and we're going to win. And the WHO with all their fake models and all their lies, and Fauci running the lab. Congress introduces bill to allow government to mass test Americans for COVID-19 in their homes forcibly. And ladies and gentlemen, let me give you the bill number, shall I? Six, 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 six. Just like that, world governments announced forced inoculations, implantable microchips, tracer teams to come inspect your home. And now 60-plus days later, it's like, oh, this is never going to end. And we're going to come to your house. They, they now are. I have the articles. And we're going to forcibly inoculate you. And this will be true warfare, economic, cultural, and then physical. Uh, the rollout of secret police, arrest teams, contact tracers. It's all official. Now everything we've warned of is now out in the open. The Indian towns that refuse the inoculation, because the town elders are there's video throwing out the U.N. injectors. They're having their power cut off for not taking the voluntary injections. And it's all over the news that they're going to start doing similar things here in the United States. They're announcing, according to your phone number and who you are, they're going to come to your house if you haven't been shot up. Remember the contact tracers? Remember the Clinton Global Initiative last year? Now they're coming to your house because you haven't had the shot. And in the future, they're going to come and drag your ass out. Woo! We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. Door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated. Tomorrow's news today. Here's one of those moments where we've been so far ahead of the curve, we're behind it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get so far ahead, you kind of find your tail. You come back and kind of laugh at yourself and laugh at everybody else. And I'd love to take the credit for it. A lot of people are freaking out right now. It was trending again all over the Internet yesterday. Alex Jones predicting door-to-door forced inoculations. And uh, Jeepers uh, Creepers, Uh, you know, Metallica's going back on tour, uh, and they're going to be in Kentucky, and they're going to be in Florida, and they're going to be other places. Uh, in September, and I'd kind of like to go see Metallica, uh, Metallica again. I haven't seen her in probably 
20 years, but I probably won't. But, but the point is, I know where they're having shows. Just like George Strait uh, is going to be playing the Houston Rodeo coming up in a few months, and I may get tickets to that. Just because I really love George Strait. But see, if George Strait shows up and a half at the Houston Rodeo, and people go, how the hell did Alex Jones say George Strait was going to show up here? Because he made an announcement. See? And so this is a real paradox. They're, they're calling me Nostradamus. Uh, they are just everywhere saying, oh, my God, everything he says keeps happening, just like he said. And that's fun to have people saying all that, but that's not what's happening. Do you understand that I can play you hours of Bill Clinton and Soros and Hillary and Chelsea bragging that they get millions of dollars a year to run the contact tracers and that they are going to be coming to your door with forced inoculation soon? They said that last year, licking their damn lips. And then I read what the U.N. said the plan was when they release the next virus, is to actually take people out of their houses and put us in giant emergency camps, which they're admittedly building in the U.S., already have in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and they're already putting tens of thousands of people in them. And this is a way to disappear their political dissidents and just get used to police coming to people's houses and dragging people away, and they admit that's the plan, total martial law. But see, the average person doesn't think 10, 15 steps ahead or read globalist white papers like I do. I spent another two hours last night reading Davos Group white papers because it's knowing the future. They run the damn planet. So, of course, Biden came out coming to your door to harass you to take a shot yesterday. He's a puppet. And and I'll use this analogy again. If I was going to go to see the Nutcracker at the Austin Symphony, which I've probably seen six, seven times with my children over the years, it's a great Christmas tradition. I know the Nutcracker. I've seen the Nutcracker a bunch in my life, probably 20 times total in my life. My mom used to take me there when I was a kid. Amazing. 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 This is a message from the New World Order to those of you in the population who are aware of our existence. Those of you who have chosen to resist us. The final war is approaching. This is your last chance to join us. You must accept that you are not the majority. Your numbers are not growing. Your efforts to expose our methods have gone unnoticed and buried. Your brothers and sisters are not awake. Your children will not rise up. They will remain unaware of our presence and live lives of no significance. You must thank us for giving them this blessing. We have clouded their eyes by design. Even your leadership know fully well of their impending defeat. They see the fate that awaits their movement. They cannot rise above the full force of our manipulation control of the government, of the media, of the economy, of the armies. Those who will uphold our new laws are being prepared all around you. Alex, you have a 
nothing. Now, what happens if my concerns are justified and ignored? Nothing good. And I yield back the balance of my time.
they, they were probably hoping, they're probably, yeah, I bet he was there, I bet he was there, we're going to get him. Nope, I wasn't there. Nope, I wasn't there, guys. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. So, sorry to, sorry to disappoint you. But uh, maybe next round. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, uh, I will say that it was a good podcast song, song or so. I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry about the Saving Fatherhood thing, but I promised my I podcast it on here. So, hey, you know what? It was, it was good to listen to. Something different, you know? So uh, we'll wrap it up here, and uh, I want to say uh, God bless the Republic. Keep up the good work, everybody out there standing up against the New World Order. of Scotland, starving and outnumbered, charged the fields of Bannockburn. They fought like warrior poets. They fought like Scotsmen and won their freedom. <laughs>